This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Well, it's Chiefs draft special. Not doing uh, Bink at Night tonight. It's all King City Chiefs and draft. Thanks to Kyle Stackpole of CBS Sports that uh, joined me earlier. And Rob Rang just joined us uh, from foxsports.com. Now it's time to introduce my friend and, of course, the lead analyst over at arrowheadpride.com. His name is Ron Kopp, at Ron underscore Kopp, K-O-P-P. Ron, good evening to you, my friend. Good evening, Jay. I'm excited. Draft special. We got a couple weeks still. It still feels like it's way too long away, too far away, honestly. We got 15 more than days, two weeks. 15 days. It's I like know. Two, it's two weeks, man. Two weeks and a night. I know, but we got uh, plenty of time to talk about it. This I guess. is draft so, yeah. eve uh, day, Wednesday in two weeks. I know. My birthday is actually on Wednesday of draft week. So it's always my, it's always been my birthday tradition to, uh, you know, use that as an excuse to not do anything and just sit and watch football, watch the draft. So well, there's uh, no reason to do anything uh, when the draft starts. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I have a, a legitimate excuse, a professional excuse, but uh, before it was just the birthday excuse. So. Well, we'll get into a lot of the positional breakdowns. Um, Edge, we'll talk wide receiver. You've done some great breakdowns. You're doing a breakdown of somebody I like. We'll save that one for just a second because his name might come up. At 7.30 during uh, when I release my mock draft and get your opinion and think if I'm crazy or not, some of these picks that I made. But you've heard, uh, you were able to hear um, Rob Rang there with me a minute ago, but picking 29 and 30, have you changed your mind? I've had you on a lot, Ron, and we, you yeah. and I, we, we typically debate this all the time, but um, more and more mocks. I think McShay had the Chiefs trading down the 17 to get Jamison Williams. Concerned because he's coming off the ACL. I want, I mean, I get it. He might play, but I don't. The Chargers not going to deal with the Chiefs. Yeah, like they, was... they're not going to deal with the Chiefs. I don't know where that's coming from. But twenty nine or thirty, I'll ask you again: you staying or going down? Because everybody's got an opinion, and most people are trading down for receiver. And I'm like, oh, what about trading down for an edge? Yeah, right. Well, that that's the thing. Uh, you know, Brett Veach is is so aggressive. I mean, he's been so aggressive in his tenure. We've seen him trade first round picks. We've seen him, you know, sign some, you know, try to sign some big names and also sign other big names. So, I think that's where this comes from, right? Is he's aggressive? Like they, we're not going to just sit on our on our hands at, at twenty nine and thirty and and just hang out there. I got to imagine. You know, he wants to go up. That's why I would I would vote that he does go up at at some point. But if he doesn't. I think what that tells you is maybe they want to backload on the second round picks and get those up there. Which I where, can see them trading because second round has been the, I mentioned all these picks in the second round, like Devontae Adams, DK, I know. Cap, you know, Dalvin Cook, Nick, I mean, so many, you look up and down the NFL, it's, it's littered with second round studs. 
Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Brett Veach just talked about it, these pockets of the draft. And he's used to drafting in this pocket, right, where he's late in the first round. You're not really in a position to get one of these premier talents. And maybe that's the argument for, hey, you're, you have the draft capital now to move up and get that and get one of those premier talents. But if he doesn't like one of those, the, one of those guys in the class that's, that he wants to trade up for, why not stock up on three picks from 29 to 38, let's say. You know, you trade up from 50 to go to 38 or maybe even get crazy and, and you trade up 50 and 62 you know, to get somewhere in the bottom of the first, you have three first round picks. So I, I could see him just stocking up on those late first, early second round picks. But if he does move up, it should be for someone like Jamison Williams. It shouldn't be for like a George Karloftis, even though I do like him, it shouldn't be for, you know, just, just, a, just any other play, maybe an Ojabo. I think you could probably wait on him, but if you're going to trade up for somebody, it should be a, a difference making playmaker, someone that's really going to elevate the level of your offense. And I would say J- Jameson Williams does that. So that's one of the only players I'd really be in favor of trading up for. Honestly. I asked Rob about the quarterback situation. Cause I, I keep seeing these mocks. I mean, it was like popular a week ago to do mocks without quarterbacks. It's like no quarterbacks can be taken. Yeah, I find it hard to believe because at least yeah. six have been taken every year since 2002. And some years are not very good. Yeah. Like exactly. here's Derek Carr. He was a second round pick and all the first round picks that year weren't very good. Like Johnny Manziel and you name it. And, Bridgewater and all that were first round Blake Borders, Bortles first round picks. Oh Derek Carr was the best quarterback in the second round. Now you can't find a lot of good second round quarterbacks or third quarter round quarterbacks that are dominating in the National Football League. But I think at least three are going to be taken on draft night. I'm hoping that it is because yeah, that's exactly. three. That's three players the Chiefs don't have to worry about. So 29 and 30 becomes 26 and 27 if there's a run on quarterbacks. Yeah, I think you can pen in uh, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett to go in the first round. I think there's been too much buzz uh, specifically about Malik Willis. You know, we see this all the time. The talents, the, the 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 traits of a quarterback outweigh anything else we've seen from a quarterback. He could be not very good in college, which, you know, Malik Willis, he was he was very up and down in college for sure. But, Great year the year before. Yeah, but he has the traits, and and that's all that matters, man. And and. I, there's no way he slips past 32 to me. Kenny Pickett, at the, it's the same thing to me. I think oh, some his hands teams, grew, though. Explain that one. <laughs> I can't. I really can't. Uh, there's some some voodoo magic going on there. But, uh, no, I, I think people. I think one team is going to convince themselves that they can win with, with Kenny Pickett, and that's fine. They probably can get, you know, if you have a really good team around Kenny Pickett, you probably can get to a playoff berth. I think he's has that kind of floor as a quarterback, but – that's the thing. I, I, I'm still not, I'm still not very optimistic about any of these quarterbacks more than just a, a, a stopgap starter that can win with a really good team around them. Um, but those, I like Desmond Ritter the most out of, out of those three guys, out of the guys I just mentioned to, you know, actually take maybe a team around him to, to go to the playoffs. So I think Ritter is the guy that would be the third quarterback to go. If you're saying three quarterbacks are going to go. The chiefs need that. Like they need to run that. Matter of fact, oh, yeah. they get him in more corners go like Andrew Booth and some of these guys. Yeah. I know Stingley's going to go in the first round, but you know, getting Andrew Booth up there in the first round or Roger McCurry, McCurry, even getting him in the first round because that stuff helps. As I mentioned, the, the Packers picked 22 and 28, oh yeah. which is interesting to me because if the Chiefs want to get in between that, because right now the Packers are sitting there and they're going to have the pick of the litter whether they decide to go edge or wide receiver, and they might get one of each because they need wide receiver because of all the Devontae Adams gone and MBS gone and Zedaria Smith gone. 23 with the Cardinals seems to be the only place. Maybe the Cowboys at 24 would do business with the Chiefs. So I'm not sure. I'd be lukewarm on that one, 50-50. But the Cardinals, I think we could do work with. But the Bills, Titans, the Bucks, I don't believe will do business with the Chiefs. So if they need anything, and I think the Cardinals would know that too. Yeah. Unless they sell it like, well, Dallas is thinking about doing a deal with us too. So 
maybe they can use Dallas uh, as a pawn. Well, that's the thing. If we're talking receivers in the first round, I think the Chiefs really need to be able to maneuver that 20, you know, 20 through 28 or, you know, the 20 through 29 range because a lot of those teams would could draft a receiver. And, and that's the thing. In today's NFL, any team can draft a receiver, right? I mean, no matter how many receivers you have, I think everyone realizes that you just need a ton of them now. But that 20 through 29 is a lot of contenders, a lot of teams that are ready to win right now. They just add one more difference-making receiver. So if the Chiefs really like one of these receivers in this class, you do probably do need to move up maybe uh, ahead of Packers at 22. Because you mentioned the Packers, man. They have almost the exact same needs as the Chiefs yeah. almost. I mean, receiver, edge, they could use probably some DB help at corner or safety. So, yeah, it, it is interesting, man, um, that, that, the, that the Packers have two picks before the Chiefs pick once. They might have to maneuver around that team specifically to get who they want. Let's get an offensive lineman like Trevor Pitting and these guys, and let's get some quarterbacks yes. going. That get some runs on some of these yeah. positions. We want Tyler Lindebaum to go or to yeah. go in the first round, and yes. he—I don't know—he's he's kind of dropped down mocks. So uh, for Chiefs' sake, you kind of hope he does because it's not a guarantee anymore. But get the run on linemen because it's get the run on linemen and quarterbacks. Save some of those spots. Um, save some of those guys for the Kansas City Chiefs. To grab 913-576-7610 is our phone number if you have a question uh, for me and Ron Kopp. Feel free to call in or Texas as well. Let's go to Jim in Kansas City. What's up, Jim? Uh, I uh, really enjoy your uh, show tonight. It's it's excellent. Oh, thanks, Jim. Uh, I was curious as to why Daryl Williams hasn't been re-signed. They, they brought in the, the running back from Tampa who doesn't have good hands and is not a good pass blocker. They re-signed uh, Gore, but they haven't signed Daryl Williams, who had a really good year. Do you know why? You know what? That's a good question, Jim. And I like Daryl Williams. I like his whole story because I think it's a, sex, a success story for Brett Veach because he's another one of these undrafted guys. Yeah. You know, he was actually, to be honest with you, his numbers, I thought, were just as good as Darius Geis when he was behind him at LSU. He was behind Fournette at LSU. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, the Chiefs don't value giving that contract up for somebody that they see as a dime a dozen that they can get another running back, I think, in this year's draft to replace that. Ronald Jones, yes, he has had trouble in the past at pass blocking. His contract set up where his roster spot's not necessarily guaranteed. Yeah. No, that's true. No, I, I really like this point because I do think tying it into the draft, I think the Chiefs have to be looking at a running back that can specifically help them in the pass game because right now, we haven't seen a lot from Clyde in the past game, especially as a pass blocker. They really trusted Daryl in those third down situations recently. Ronald Jones, you may, I mean, he's right. He's not kidding about not be being very good at pass blocking or re receiving. All correctable. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true to an extent. But that's the thing. There is a role for a, a, a running back on this team to really help in the pass game as a pass blocker. Just as a receiver, Daryl Williams was a very good receiver last year. I mean, Turned out to be great. He was great at LSU. Had great, I mean, something he could really do. Yeah, had great hands, man. I mean, you know, you think about that that bomb catch he had over Jonathan Abram. I mean, that's that's not something you think of a power running back who I – that's kind of what we all thought of Daryl Williams, I think, for a lot of his career is just a guy that can get downhill and run over that's you. That's Ronald Jones. Yeah, exa and exactly, but – Daryl did give that pass blocking on third down, that receiving ability that they trusted over Clyde last year. So I do think that kind of tells you that they might be looking to add that specific role, someone that can really help on third downs in the pass game. Because I don't, unless they really want to trust Clyde, which I hope they do. I hope that's the case. But, I, but knowing this team, knowing Andy Reid, he wants a, a, a backfield full of options. And they only have three right now. I could see them getting a fourth. Derek Gore had 13 catches his junior year. He had 21 catches for 80 yards, 3.8 per his uh, senior year <laughs> oh, wow. at Louisiana Monroe. 
you'd look at those numbers and you'd say, well, you know, he's not a good pass catcher because you see it all the time on guys. Jonathan Taylor was labeled the right. guy that couldn't catch. Yeah. And then he got a touchdown his first two games of the year, the senior or his junior year, excuse me, at Wisconsin. And it's like he, he made an emphasis to go out and catch the football. But don't be surprised sometimes when you see these these college numbers at receiving because he had eight for 105 yeah. last year in the National Football League. Yeah. So it's all about how you're used. I mean, in college, a lot of times, you know, they, they, they have a certain role for you. You're just going to play that role and, and not really get expanded out of it. Um, and, and that could be the case in the NFL for Clyde so far too. Cause we saw a lot of good receiving work from Clyde at LSU. It's what we all got juiced about when he got drafted in the first round. Maybe we just still haven't seen it. The injuries have maybe really impacted him getting in and getting into that. It seems like every time he gets in a rhythm, he gets hurt. So, yeah, maybe they really trust Clyde to take that step and be a legitimate receiver this year and then help on third downs a lot more. 99 running backs from the SEC have been drafted since 2000, 17 in the first round. Wow. I mean, that is running back conference. Yeah. And he's the only one in the history of that conference to have 1,000 rushing yards and 50 receptions in a year. Oh, wow. That last year he was there with uh, Joe Burrow and they won a national title. The only one in the history of that great conference. Good poll. 1,000 running uh, yards and 50, uh, at least 50 receptions. But. Bigger receivers, yeah, like Juju and MVS, and maybe a different style, more yeah. of the screen game, more prevalent. That's where I was kind of thinking about Ronald. Like, where does he fit in? Because it's going to be these running backs with great hands, and maybe he'll surprise us all. Well, that's the thing, though. I think Ronald Jones will be. I, I do think we're we're seeing where you know with those bigger receivers, with the screen game going a little more blocking in space. What you also get with that is just a more downhill run game, in my opinion. You know, you really emphasize that a lot more. And that's where Ronald Jones comes in, man. You hand him the ball. He, he's going to be hard to tackle. He's sure. going to hit a hole hard. We've seen him run 99 yards for a touchdown. I mean, he's an explosive back when he's got the ball in his hands going through the, the Texas between the Tesla, box. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's the I Texas like that. Tesla. Let's go to uh, Patrick in Kansas City. Welcome to the Chiefs Draft Show. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I, I, I like to move up if, if the receiver's right. You know, if if he's there, but what what's your guys' take on just what do you think the Chiefs might do? Do you think they might go if the receiver's not there, just go defense with the first two picks of the first round, and maybe try to hit a home run on like Calvin Austin the third oh. in the third round, somebody I, like that? I love Calvin Austin. The size, you know, concerns me a little bit, but then Tyreek Hill kind of made me say, "Hey, don't 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 worry about size when it comes to guys." But no, I think they're going to go edge and wide receiver. Now, let's just say that the, these mocks go like uh, Mel Kuyper's where seven receivers went before the Chiefs picked. Yep. And, you know, he's talking about maybe they get Sky Moore out of Western Michigan, you know, in the next round. Which, yeah. if you get a second-round receiver, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, again, that's a lot of the talent. Again, I just named the four best receivers in the NFL. Not one of them was a the first-round pick. Now, there's guys like Jamar Chase was a first-round pick and Justin right. Jefferson first-round pick. There are good first-rounders. But is there eight or seven worth or eight or whatever – they're going to be impact receivers, but I think they move up. I think there's going to be somebody along that line. I don't think there's a wide receiver that just stands out so much that I say I trade up for him. Because if you do, then you're sacrificing edge in the first round. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Receiver is the only offensive position they're going in the first round. Uh, he mentions if they just if they don't get a receiver, if they just go defense. Yeah, I mean that's a hundred percent true. I, I can't imagine. I had we actually had a we talked about it. I guess yesterday, Jay, but we had a fun article on AP about two out of off the wall picks that would kind of shock the fan base and picking an offensive tackle first, like a Trevor Penning, if he slipped. Yeah, that, that there's just I don't know. I don't see that. That's that's a very off the wall shocky thing. But the thing is. 
you mentioned the receiver, the run on receivers, man, that could absolutely happen. And these teams don't, you know, may not want to help the chiefs and trade with them as we kind of talked about before. So I think, it, I think if, if you see them not trade up, I think that tells you that, you know, either the receiver they like is gone or, or they really are just going to wait on receiver. Cause I don't know, 29 and 30, it is kind of risky to just stand pat and say, Hey, whatever receiver comes to us at, at 29 and 30 in the first round, we're taken. I think, you might have to be proactive about it and get ahead of some of these guys, as we mentioned. And if you can't, like you said, wait in the second round, get a Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama, or, you know, you mentioned Sky Moore. I like him. I, I, I like him as a second round pick for sure, but it seems I'm like certain kids of Dwayne Eskridge, but I know, I know so much but, at the same school, but that's why I don't know about him as a first round pick. Um, Cause that's what seems like he's getting projected now, but if he can, if we can get him at 50 or 62, I think that's good value for what he is. I have a feeling the second round is going to be full of corners and safeties. Yeah, I just got this feeling, and I think they go. There's a wide receiver to take, or maybe three taken in the second round. But I think the run continues in the third round. Well, no, because I, I think the second round is going to be heavily dominated by safeties in the beginning. No, I think you're totally right. I, I think there's a lot of good safeties in this class, but none of them seem to get be getting consistently projected in the first round. I don't I don't really get it with Lewis Seen. I don't know why he's not a for sure first round pick. He's one of my favorite safeties in the class. Daxon Hill seems to really be the only for for sure first round pick. Besides Kyle Hamilton, and it might be tough for for Dax to get in the first round. And exactly, that's what I'm saying. He's still going pretty late in the first round. As some places still, I I've seen mocks that don't have him in the first round. And so yeah, you're right. There's a safety and cornerback group in that second round that is really really good. And and you could see a big run go right right off the bat in the second round. You could see Seen, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, and Dax and Hill go very early in the second round. And so if the Chiefs like one of those guys, they may need to take him at 29 or 30. Or uh, move up uh, uh, from 50. Coming up next, we'll talk about a surprise pick that the Chiefs could possibly have at 730. I'll uh, do my mock draft 3.0 and get Ron's opinion on that. Feel free to call in whenever you want, 913-576-7610. Or hit us up on the J Southland Toe Service text line. Same number, 913-576-7610, and we'll answer your Chiefs questions. But coming up next, surprise picks. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back to the Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Ron Cop, sitting in here with me, lead analyst over at ArrowheadPride.com. Chris for Tenpenny uh, producing the operation. The Chiefs sitting 
with 12, 12 draft picks in this year's draft. Of course, you might say, well, I wish they had 12 next year when it's in Kansas I know, City. right? So they can cheer and boo and do whatever. Um, but they're sitting at seven now for next year. We'll see. They could still accumulate many more next year. We don't know. I I think they'll end up 10 or something next year, to be quite honest with you. Well, I think that's a good point. Uh, when you have at least a, comp picks. Because we, what we're seeing this offseason is, is the Chiefs really emphasize – the long term, the the big picture, apparently, because they they traded away Tyree Kill, and they're not. A lot of these contracts we're seeing them sign are not, you know, not long term deals. You know, MVS a three year deal, you can get out of it after a year, and it's very cheap. So all that to say, it does seem like they might be thinking, you know, very big picture right now. You know, what else is thinking big picture is maybe using some of this draft capital you have this year and spreading it out to get some next year. You know, what what happens all the time is a team will trade a fourth this year, get a third next year. I mean, we're using them for trades. Yeah, exactly. Of a current player on a different team. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. Keep in mind, the week before the draft, weird things happen. Well, yeah, the Frank Clark and Orlando Brown Jr. trade both happened on April 23rd, yeah. uh, I believe the week of the draft. And so, yeah, I, I think that that's another good point to make sure everyone understands is that, you know, it's been quiet in Chiefs Kingdom in terms of player acquisition, what who they're looking at. You know, you hear Stephon Gilmore is visiting the Colts. He's looking at the Rams. What happened to that? I think we could, we could definitely be, you know, it could be kind of the quiet before the storm where Brett Veach is maybe brewing something up. I think that is possible. I'd really like to see them really use this year's draft, though, to, to accumulate talent. So I hope he doesn't, you know, I hope it's not like a, a crazy thing. where we I think because last year, I mean, it's, we have three starters in a draft class, yeah. especially the kind of year it was. Yeah. No, no, no combine. You only played conference games. Well, I know this year was different, but I'm talking about the draft last yeah, yeah. year because it was all conference games. It was games getting canceled in the middle of the week. The only con- non-conference games the teams played were the bowl games, and a lot of guys just opted out. Or yeah. whatever, so. And that might be why Brett Veach felt confident. And, hey, you know, I don't really like this class too much because I don't have a good grasp on it. Let me trade away the first-round pick. Well, this year, you, you know, you don't have any of those excuses that, you know. And, and, th- and that's the other thing, too. You speak of COVID, you know, knowing, you know, a few people in the draft and, and – talking to them there is an a normal amount of people submitted for the draft this year because of the covid year that extra year everyone got for eligibility plus the guys coming out early it there it is a lot more players in the draft pool this year than there ever have been because of the covid stuff so that's another factor to kind of think about too maybe you get more value in this year's draft because you know a lot of talent gets pushed down because there's so many players and i think something that goes kind of untalked about is with name image and likeness yeah when guys are actually making money when they're, before they're just going, well, I'll try to go become a sixth round or seventh round pick or whatever. Well, if you're getting name, image, and likeness from yeah. your hometown and you can make it worth your while, yeah, are you staying another year because you're getting you're getting money coming? I'm not talking about these first rounders or second right. rounders. Right, I'm talking mid to late rounders. Are they staying in school because of name, image, and likeness? Like yeah. they're they're big fish in a small. Like Jared Patterson, the running back of Buffalo, ran for 300 yards of tertiary games. Really good running back, but. He was a big fish in Buffalo, but National Football yeah. League, you get lost in the shuffle. Well, yeah, no, that's the thing. I think that's something you could see come into effect, you know, as the years go on, you know, in the in the future, because NIL is still really new. And um, so I, that's why, yeah, I could definitely see that. And, you know, you do see a lot of uh, college players uh, come out way too early, it seems like, and just get on a practice get squad. Bad advice. Just, yeah, just for that signing bonus, like you're saying, you know, just to, just to you know, get that, that quick money, which – you know, hey, I know, you know, respect to everybody, you know, who, you know, whatever you're dealing with, you're dealing with. But now with the NIL, yeah, maybe you don't need to, uh, you know, uh, you know, go for and that. Get money, money coming in or yeah. whatever. I mean, yeah. so it's, it's a little bit different. So a lot of times it's like, I'm tired of doing all this stuff free. I get nothing. I, I can't even put sour cream on my bagels, <laughs> which used to be a rule. Um, I'm oh going to the God. NFL so I can get away from this. 
Yeah. But now they can hit the transfer portal. Let's say, well, I want to go play That's somewhere the else. Because yeah. the transfer portal, over a thousand guys in that, they say, well, I'll just go play and display my skills. Like, I'm not getting the run. I'm backing up here. I'll go and display my skills. Just like uh, Arnold Ibikati at uh, Penn State. He was at Temple for three years. Yeah. Transferred to uh, to Penn State. Got a lot more spotlight at Penn State than at Temple. Yeah, no, you're right. The transfer portal, it, it is kind of ridiculous. It's just agency now. I mean, that's just what we're doing here with, with the transfer portal. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, or like like you just said, I mean, it, it, it does have its benefits to the players, and it, and it gives players, you know, a better opportunity to get in the spotlight and, and get their name out there. So, you know, I, I don't see anything, uh, you know, wrong with that at all. And so, yeah, all that to say, though, it, it may seem like I feel like there's a lot of players in this year's draft, and that might not be the case in future drafts. So, it might be a good year to have a lot of picks. Who knows, you know? Yeah, let's go back to the phone lines and hit Big T and Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Hey, guys, great show. Hey, uh, my question is, and I know this would probably uh, be a reach, but, man, if we could get this guy, because if you look at our division, all the arms, and then just the AFC with all the weapons and quarterbacks, I like to see him uh, uh, trade up to get Sauce Gardner. I don't know if that's available, uh-huh. but if but, but that could happen, baby. That guy's a player, and we need a guy like that. They've never invested in that. That would shut down the whole AFC, baby. And then if we can't, later on, I like that wide receiver from Arkansas, uh, uh-huh. uh, Burks. I think he's big and physical. I think he'd fit perfectly in Andy Reid. Thank you for taking my call, you guys. All right, Big T and Shawnee. Sauce Gardner, that's actually my favorite corner in the draft this year. Yeah. And not only that, he'll he'll tell you that, too. Yeah, which is fine with me because you well, got. That's have, what you want from corner. You got to have right? confidence. You got to have confidence. You got to have swag. You got to have all that to be a uh, to be a first round I, pick. I, I say corner and corner. receiver are are really those two positions that you really want. You really almost need swag. If you don't have, that, I think he's going fourth. If, I mean, if you don't, yeah. Well, he's he's a top five, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. player so according to Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah. I actually did end up. I I rated Derek like I I like Derek Singley more just because you've seen him in the SEC against really good receivers at a as a freshman in college really dominate. I, I'm just I I can't get away from that. I really like Sauce Gardner though. Man, I I didn't realize how tall he was when you when you watch him play. He looks tall, but. I mean, to play with that speed, that change of direction skills, that ability to stick with receivers and be 6'3 plus, I mean, it's just, it is a little ridiculous, and that's why he's such a high prospect. You know, I, that's the thing. He, did, he didn't see a lot of competition, at, you know, in, in the American Conference, but when he did see competition, it seemed like he stepped up. So I, I, I really like Sauce Gardner, but let's, Did you evaluate let's be the playoff game with Alabama? I, I, I haven't looked at Sauce specifically just because I know he's not going to be a Chiefs target, which is gonna, which is hate to hate to burst your bubble, Big T. Yeah, but, four uh, four one uh, forty. He's not he's not getting out of the top five or top ten. No, I agree with um, you. And and the Chiefs probably aren't aren't trading up for for a corner. No, I, mean, I don't. Let's, see let's be him, honest. I don't see him doing that at all. Could they trade up possibly for an edge? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Maybe wide yeah, well, receiver that's in play too, and that's the thing. Edge is, is is so barren right now. That's the thing. We all we all know it. You look at the position group, but it's really Frank Clark, Mike Dana, and Joshua Kando. That's it. At least the cornerback group. At least you have a Legereus Need, a Rashad Fenton, two guys that that have played well for you as starters. The edge group. I mean, we we really need to see some additions there. I think they're going to dial up more uh, more uh, corner blitzes. Yeah, like you saw with the Legereus Need when he got those four sacks in his rookie year. Yeah, well, that's... Like he missed like two or three of them, too. We had the quarterback <laughs> in the grass. But 
They had to find ways to manufacture pass rush. And that was one of the things, especially from the nickel position, the nickel sack, the nickel blitz. Well, and that's why I really think I want to see them address corner as a guy that is really going to be a perimeter corner. That's why a guy like Kyer Elam, the Florida cornerback, really intrigues me, intrigues me. Because, yeah, I like Snead as the, as the inside corner. I like Snead as the slot cornerback. And so I don't really – I would like to not have him just penned in at the outside and then have someone else man the slot. I'd like someone else to man the outside – Keep him out there. Let's need to be a playmaker around the line of scrimmage. You're right. He's so good at blitzing. Such a good tackler just in the flat. Um, yeah, that, that comes to ha- that comes in handy as an outside cornerback as well. Don't get me wrong. But when you're in that slot, you're close to the line of scrimmage. You can blitz a lot easier. You can help against the run. You can basically be an outside linebacker, which Sneed plays like at times. Yeah, he needs to stay in the slot. So that's why when I'm thinking about the corner position, I'd really like them to have a guy that plays the outside that can, they can trust on the outside. So when they're in those three cornerback sets, it's Fenton, this other guy, and then Sneed's on the inside. Well, it's like uh, Tariq Woolen at uh, exactly at UTIP because he's six foot four. He's got that outside long range corner and yes. the speed as well. Four two six. Oh speed my gosh, that. that's nice. Uh, but the outside corner coming up next. Then we come back on the Chiefs draft special mock three I put one together just for tonight. Well, for whenever <laughs> it's over at six ten sports dot com. But uh, Ron will uh, Ron will grade me on it next. Yep. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. And welcome back to the Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Christopher Tenpenny producing the operation. Nice job with the Macarena because it is mocks. I heard you joking about it last week yeah. just by chance. And I was like, I had to drop this right before he reveals mock 3.0. <laughs> Ron Cobb from ArrowheadPride.com in with us too. We used to do a, well, I did the day shift with Henry Lake. We would do a, a weekly segment on Fridays where I take a look at who's mocking who, like Kuiper, McShay, whatever. We played the Macarena behind it because of mocks. I'm not gonna lie; I definitely listened to you growing up, but that totally went over my head until you mentioned that it was about mocks. That totally the the whole relation to mock drafts, Macarena. I was just I thought we were just jamming in here. I thought we were just having a good time. No, so, uh, it was uh, it was for mocks. <laughs> you know, you do a yeah, mock no, draft, you got to play Macarena. That's you know? beautiful. That's beautiful. I love it. All right, so I've done 3.0, and I've been consistent with Christian Watson. Yes, in, you in have. First, I went Boye Mafe. Um, an edge out of Minnesota last time at 29. Watson 
at 30 because we had two picks. First time we did it, we didn't have the five extra right. picks. Getting the 12. And so I've, Boye Mafia is a guy I like. I, I talked to somebody who covers the Gophers, though, or, and watches them all the time. And he, I thought he'd be more charged up about Boye, you know, because he's all Gopher and Gophers to the NFL, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his stats and his numbers, they don't blow you away. Like right. sack yeah. numbers and everything else. Great combine for the national team in the Senior Bowl. couple sacks. He was named defensive player of uh, the national team at the Senior Bowl. A forced fumble. And then he had a great combine and did good at his pro day. But I had Boye Mafe. But I changed it up this week. Well, that's the thing, man. I, I, I Boye Mafe is a guy I really liked right off the bat in the draft process when I first started looking into the draft. But he has gotten to the point where, yeah, he's he may not even be there at 29 or 30. And I think I, I think that's gotten a little too rich. So I actually like that you switched this up because, yeah, Mafe, he, he has the tools to be what the Chiefs won at edge. You know, he's a bigger dude. He's, he's has a big frame, but explosive as heck, have really good numbers for his size. But he he is kind of a projection a little bit. He wasn't a straight hand in the dirt 4-3 D end in college. You know, he does have to learn maybe to – to play that, you know, hold the hold the edge against the run, that kind of thing, a little more than he was asked to do. So he is a little more more of a projection, and so yeah, he has a high ceiling, but maybe a low, lower floor than you'd like to take for someone at twenty. He's mocked to the Chiefs all the time, he, right? He, all the back time. when I put him there, he, it was kind of a stretch because he's looked at more as a second rounder. Yes. when I when I kind of took the leap and put him there, but the first pick, Arnold Ibikati, yep, Edge, Penn State, six foot six, two hundred and fifty pounds. Um, this is a guy, this is a guy led the big 10 in tackles for loss. Nine and a half sacks was at temple. Just got a motor that absolutely doesn't quit. Um, is he a stretch for the first round? I don't think he is. And I think that, uh, we can say who's first round or not, but it's never that way. You watch a draft and all, all guys, there's a lot of guys you think second round, end up in the first round. They just do. But Here's what uh, Mel Kuyper, who doesn't have him here, I think he did one time with the Chiefs, but not on this current mock. This is how much he likes Arnold Ibikati. Arnold Ebiquete, Todd, still remains to me one of the guys I like. I, I think he's deserving of being in a lot of these first-round mocks. He's deserving of being a guy that you think is one of the best 35 players in this draft. Nine and a half sacks off the edge, 18 tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. James Franklin loved the fact that he came in from Temple, and he's up here for three years. He came in humble, ready to work. He got that locker room right away. Went on that practice field and worked hard. Arnold Ebiquette has the mind, the makeup, the mindset, the physical and athletic ability is there. The production this year and at Temple was pretty good. It was great at Penn State this year. I think when you look at an outside backer getting off the edge, you provide some versatility, okay? Arnold Ebiquete, to me, is the guy, if he gets into the second round, Todd, uh, I think he's a heck of a pick. It could be a late one, but I still really like what Arnold Ebiquete will bring to a defense in terms of getting after the quarterback. He said he's six foot six. He's got the wingspan of somebody six foot six. He's yes. actually six three. He's got an 82 and an eight inch wingspan, 34 inch arms, which, yeah. If you're just hearing that's pretty damn good. For- so, yeah. So, Ebiquete, or. Let's let's get this right. Eba Katie, Eba Katie. Wow, you're, you're, when's this going to be released? Because I know you. This is why I wanted you to hold it, but 
Yes, exactly. No, yeah, no. Actually, if, if anyone is a late night Twitter user, you will probably see me t- uh, tweeting out clips tonight for my article uh, to run tomorrow. But yeah, I'm gonna be reviewing Ebikete. I'm gonna keep saying it wrong, but I even wrote the <laughs> pronunciation. For I know, you. and I'm still not Eb- doing it right. KT. KT. There it is. But no, one quick point I wanted to make because him and Boy Mafe actually are pretty close in my rankings. They're kind of in that same tier to me, but. The reason that I like Ebekete in the first round a little more is that the things he needs to work on are a little, you know, less important. I should the things he's good at already are is what's really important in the NFL. I should say he is he can fly off the ball. He can he can attack an offensive tackle around the edge, get you with an inside counter move. Uh, he is a very explosive pass rusher and, and really has strong hands in, in that in that way. And he can really convert speed to power. Um, and, and, and that's when you see these smaller guys, you always want that to be the case. But he really does do it where, yeah, sometimes when he's standing still, he gets caught. Yeah, he's, he's going to get blown off the ball a little bit. He's, he's not the biggest guy. And, and some of these offensive tackles can work him. And that, that's going to be a problem with him in the NFL, of course. But when he gets a little momentum to him and those hands really fire out, man, he can move you back. He can really create, you know, some penetration, some bull rush. So his pass rush potential or his pass rush capability already, what he is right now is worth the first round pick. And that's why I really like him at 29 rather than a Mafe where, yeah, Mafe kind of has maybe some other tools more well-rounded in other ways. But when you're talking about someone who's just going to fly off the ball, get to the quarterback, Mafe is just not in that same class as Ebekate. Ebekate right now. Wow. This is, I'm in my own head now with this pronunciation. <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. But no, this, this guy, um, again, if you trade up, you know, for a wide receiver, you might miss somebody like this, but um, 20 and a half uh, tackles for loss in his career, going back to uh, Temple, 15 and a half sacks and five forced fumbles. He had five forced fumbles uh, in his career. He had two blocked field goals yeah. uh, last year. And as I said, led the big, he's played on the other side of the ball a lot. Like yeah. he got back there uh, at wide receiver at pick 30. I stayed at wide receiver. I stayed with Christian Watson. Occasionally I get enamored with somebody, Ron. I remember doing this Mahomes every single draft. I went to the same guy for reasons. I love the speed, four three six speed. I love the fact that he's a good blocker. I mean, they ran yeah. the ball 70% of the time at North Dakota State. He can also return kicks. He's the only guy in the FCS with two kick returns for a touchdown uh, just uh, two years ago. And I love his versatility. They can use him on jet sweeps. They use him out of the backfield, do him a bunch of different things. Um, so as far as blocking, Smart receiver. I like his potential. I love the size, too, at 6'4", 208. See, what I like about this is that, you know, it is a, it, he is a guy that needs to get more well-rounded as, a, as an overall player, and he needs to in, in, improve. And, and he's a projection a little more than he is, you know, a, a for sure what he is right now um, player. But what he does do well right now will immediately uh, translate to the Chiefs offense. He is a fast dude that can get down the field, beat players down the field, you know, when he has the ball in his hands, he's going to be hard to catch. He's going to be a guy, like you said, you can you can run your jet sweeps, quick uh, throws to on a screen, you know, get him and just in space. He's a guy that you can just use on a, on a complimentary role right away. And he should be able to do, you know, I, we talked about this actually on your show yesterday, but, you know, he reminds me of Martavis Bryant, what he is right now. Now, as a Chiefs fan, if you take him in the first round, you hope he's more than Martavis Bryant, right? Because Martavis Bryant was really just a complimentary weapon uh, to, you know, Antonio Brown and the rest of that Steelers offense. But, what he is as a baseline is is pretty much what Marte was a, a, a taller vertical threat that can really burn you. And I mean, I love that as a floor for a receiver. If you're getting that from day one, which I, I, I believe you are, then yeah, Watson is a, is a good first round pick. All right. Here's where a trade happens. It oh happens boy. in the second round. They trade with the uh, New York jets. They move up to uh, 38 from 50. 
So they move up there, and um, they give up. Um, they flop. They flop third-round picks. They give 50 to the Jets. Okay. In return, they take 38. They also pick 35th, the Jets. So they, and they have two first-round picks. Yeah. So, I mean, they had to be That's- careful somewhat with the amount of early picks that they have. But two picks in the first round, and they have pick number 35 and 38. I gave them um, third round and uh, 94 in the third round and 243 in the seventh to get enough point value system to get up there and get Logan Hall. He's a six foot six, two hundred eighty three pound. He can play three technique, four eye, five. He could play even on the outside, probably wide nine if he even wanted him to. Yeah, but could do a lot of different things. Very disruptive player that plays with violence. Yeah, That's, that he he wants to hurt you when he plays. And I have Logan Hall. That sometimes you see him sneak in the first round. Most times it's in the second round. Yeah, I think this is this is where he's going to go around this range. I think you you hit it on the head, and and you you just said it right there too. Is the reason he's so enamoring, and why a lot of these guys are enamoring that you know may not have the production. He didn't put up a bunch of numbers in college at Houston, but what he did show was was freakish length and and build, plus those powerful hands, plus an, a, a pretty good ability to kind of bend around as a three tech and and really penetrate. Flies off the ball. So, that, so that's the thing, you know, he, he is a very versatile player. I always struggle with these tweener types because you do have to project him a little bit. He didn't play full-time on the edge. He played a lot inside, as you mentioned, at three tech, but that's the thing, man. He's got the build that the chiefs like at edge. Uh, you know, he came in at about six, six, two eighty three at the combine, which is a very big player. You know, sometimes two eighty three is a little too heavy for edge, but the way he moves with that weight, I think they could get away with it. It might actually be a a, a very you know spags pick, and and it, and I think you you did smart on picking him here because Ebikete uh, Ebikete in the first round really gives you that juice off the edge, that speed rush that they're really going to fly into the backfield, and then you get Logan Hall here who has that bigger build who maybe can help against the run more while he develops as a as a true edge. I, 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 I like it the more I think about it, man. He, he's a guy, like I said, tweeners always kind of throw me off in this draft process because you don't know exactly where to put him. But if the Chiefs want to use him exclusively at edge, yeah, he's a little bit more of a project, but he has the the uh, the athletic profile right now to, to contribute right away in situational roles. So, yeah, he, he'd get thrown in there and get after the quarterback. And he say. likes to emulate DeForest Buckner. He likes to watch him. But they, he stood out as pro day. He stood out the senior bowl, too. Yeah, Logan Hall did. But he played over the nose. And he played on the outside. He did a lot of different stuff with Houston. I really like that kind of versatility. And coaches like that, too. That's why you look at him going so high. Well, yeah, Spags loves that, man. He, he's he's always valued that that length and that build, that defensive end. He's always had bigger defensive ends. And Logan Hall, that's what he is. The reason he wasn't a defensive end in college is he's or you know, a true defensive end is because he was too big. You know, you, you can't, you know, you have to have him on the inside at times to take advantage of that mismatch. So, yeah, he, he should be immediately a player they can throw in. And and he's a projection to be a, a long order for sure. He's got the he's got the projection or the uh, the ceiling to do so at least. Sounds good to me. And coming up next, we'll finish this mock draft out and uh, and get your uh, grades on the rest of it. Uh, when we're finished, get a grade from you, Ron Cobb. So more finished, get a grade from you. more of the mock draft next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on Six Ten Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to the Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Chris Tenpenny, producing the operation. Ron Kopp, lead analyst from Arrowheadpride.com. In here with us to not only grade the mock, but answer questions as people. And I know the text line, I'll get to you guys 
in just a little bit. Some of you have some really good questions on here. We'll get to it when we finish this up. But uh, round two, Ron, pick 62. I'm going corner in this situation. I had been doing Roger McCurry from Auburn, first-team All-American. Had him switching to that. But Tariq Woolen intrigues me at UTEP. He's six foot four, ran a four two six at the combine. Just two years at corner was a converted receiver, so he might take a little bit of time. But yeah. with his athleticism at six foot four, he's got the size, the speed combination to stop bigger wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, I think if one thing you notice when you watch him a little bit, you're right. He is he is a raw corner. You know, it, it's not it's not about his corner skills that's making him this high of a pick. It's really the projection of a guy, as you just mentioned, man. That speed at that size is just ridiculous. It's unprecedented. But He's the fastest he, good combine this year. Yeah, but what he does what he does do well at corner right now is as he uses his length, man. He he knows how to use his length to to close windows to really you know to really make it hard on receivers to make catches on him. You know, he really uses that those long arms, and it's kind of funny. He looks like a he, he looks like Xavier Rhodes build wise on the field, but then think about Xavier Rhodes running a four two six. I mean, so that, that that's the appeal of him, man. He's this bigger corner that can really that really uses that length well. Really knows how to be how to be this long perimeter corner that you know can can press off the ball. Press obviously could use a little work, um, you know, and, and against the competition, he went against it as well. All that to say, though. You're getting, you're seeing a projection that could be a guy that that looks like Xavier Rhodes, but runs as fast as a Legarius Need. You know, obviously faster, but just that combination is, is so intriguing. You, a pick at 62. I mean, this is well worth his value. So he's uh, the second round. Then we'll go to the third round. I really hammer defensive backs uh, here in this little space right here. I like this back to back right. Round here. three, Cam Taylor Britt, the cornerback in Nebraska, smaller, five five eleven, 196, but three year starter, team captain. At uh, Nebraska, ran a four three eight. Well, that's the thing you you mentioned. He's maybe a little small. You know, he's he doesn't have the length as a Tariq Wallen, but man, he plays on the outside like he's a bigger corner. He he's really impressive uh, for for his size, his size and athleticism. Also, just his strength as a player. You know, he he really does bring it. He can make good tackles. Um, you know, he has experience in the bot and uh, in the box and as a slot defender at Nebraska. So. He's definitely a guy that I think, you know, not as polished a corner, kind of just like Tariq Woolen, but he's got the physical ability, man. And and he's he's got 95th percentile hand size. You know, he had an 89th percentile uh, 40 time. He was 4.38 at corner. So for his size, for his build, for how he plays, and then also that those raw projection uh, numbers, those measurables, man, you pick two guys here that are both, you know, maybe not the most polished corners, but guys that, that have the the foundation that fit with the Chiefs like it outside cornerback and could grow into really good players. So I, I like this back-to-back picks here. Not a lot of man, mostly used in zone coverage when he was at Nebraska. Also in the fourth so in the fourth round now, pick 121, Tyler Algier, BYU running back, 5'11", 224 pounds. He'll hammer you. He's a converted linebacker to running back, third in the nation in yards rushing last year. His, his stats receiving the football won't overwhelm you, but most draft profiles, you say, like his hands and like his usage of hands. So I think that this can be like a Derek Gore that just, well, he's bigger, but just well, excels at catching the football in the NFL. And he's BYU, which we know, certainly Andy Reid loves. We know he loves that. No, I was actually, I thought you were going to make the connection to our earlier question about Darrell Williams. I think this oh, could this, be. The, yes, this could be replacing Right? That. No, I think it's actually a very uh, similar fit to what Darrell Williams did. A bigger back that can definitely give you hard runs up the middle, you know, break tackles, you know, be a good player in the box. But 
at the same time, give you good pass protection and be a, a, an able receiver. So, yeah, he's a guy that, that's going to be a productive player. It, it just seems like that in the NFL. He's going to be productive. My second, fourth-round pick, pick number 135, Jaden Peavy, defensive tackle, Texas A&M. It's a big fella. He's fine. 6'5", 319 pounds as I uh, look for these rotational pieces on the defensive line. So I've been going heavy defense here with the last couple of picks. Yeah, I like this this thought of Ebikate at the beginning of the draft, Logan Hall, and then you go Jaden Peavy here before the end of the fourth round. You're Big getting, dude. Yeah, and you're getting guys. You know, you're getting guys that just flash. They 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 all they all flash in certain ways. Peavy, you know, yeah, he might not be the most sound player. He's, he may not be the most fundamentally you know put together player, but he has some flashes at his size. He has a 97th percentile wingspan and an 85th percentile hand size. He can definitely penetrate. He's a high motor guy. You can kind of tell, man. I mean, he he really likes to get after that whole Texas A&M defensive line. I'd draft any of them. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Leal, but uh, he is sliding down uh, down um, draft boards to Marvin Leal, the other def- the Texas A&M defensive lineman. But I want to say, too, Michael Clemens, the defensive end from Texas A&M, is a guy I really like. So you're going Texas A&M heavy here. I like that because I think they've just produ- produced some guys on that line, and, and he's one of them that from the inside could really just kind of be a, a – a, a havoc reeker, I guess, is the way to put it, where he just kind of flies around and, and messes stuff up. Next to seventh round, these are who the Chiefs have picked in the seventh round since uh, 2010. Bo Pete Keys in 2020, Nick Allegretti 2019, Deron Brown 2015, Mike Catapano 2013, Junior Hemingway 2012, Shane Banyan 2011. So Nick Allegretti. Wins it for the seventh yeah, round picks. I would say so for the Kansas Chiefs. He started the Super Bowl. I traded two forty three in the seventh round. They have four picks in the seventh, which you're throwing darts because you want to get them in before their UDFAs. Lucida Smith, uh, a guard from Virginia Tech, 6'3", 314 pounds, three year starter. I picked him. He might be in the sixth round. Seventh round might be stretched, but this is right at the beginning of the seventh round. I think where this he is, goes. I think this is where you take your interior offensive lineman this year's class. Though there's no reason to, to spend a pick. On one of those top four rounds, but you, it's always it, it, it's always good to get depth at the offensive line, and I think this is a good place to get guard depth. At two fifty one, I went Mike Rose, an outside linebacker at Iowa, at Iowa State, six four, two hundred forty five pounds. He really stood out. Didn't play in the Senior Bowl because of a, a shoulder injury, but highest graded linebackers in run defense since two thousand eighteen. Leo Chanel, Micah Parsons, Mike Rose, Joe Badgey. So yeah. that's how good he's been in run defense when he's been compared to guys like that. And my final pick, and this is just a fun one, I went uh, tight end, um, total practice squad at, at that. If Mike Cruel, he's the tight end from University of Pittsburgh. And the reason I like him, well, there's a lot of reasons I like him. I like his swag. I like his demeanor. <laughs> but let's put it this way. He played uh, He played at Mill Valley. So, I, have, I have beef with this, Jay. Come on Oh, now. yeah. <laughs> Shawnee Mission Northwest tight end Garrett Prince. If he wasn't on the board, man, I or if he was on the board, man, I, I'm gonna have beef with this pick. Uh, now I'm hoping I'm hoping Gary goes a little earlier. You know, I, I think he's gonna get drafted. So no no problem with that. I, I do think they brought him in for a visit for a reason. So I do think there's possibility that uh, he ends up on the team in the summer. Lucas Kroll, that is Lucas Kroll. Lucas Kroll. Yeah. Lucas Kroll. University of Pittsburgh played at Mill Valley. Seventh round pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's mine. We come back. I'll get a grade from Ron, okay. and we'll go, go. Through, we'll go through here and uh, look at some of your comments on the text line and ask Ron about some of those and give you my opinion as well. Next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.